The following message presented by First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan's only mutual bank. Visit efirstfederal.bank. Hi, Ranchester Mayor Peter Clark inviting you to the annual High Mountain Holiday Arts and Crafts Bazaar, Saturday, December 2nd, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Ranchester Town Hall. There will be 45 vendors of handmade arts, crafts, and sweets, complimentary coffee, hot chocolate, and tea, free lunch from a nominate coffee house starting at 11. Come and get some of your holiday shopping done and have some fun. See you there. Sheridan Media is proud to sponsor the Special Olympics Festival of Trees fundraiser tonight at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. It's a winter wonderland of Christmas magic. The evening starts with cocktails and hors d'oeuvres at 6, followed by the silent and live auction and music by Tris Munzik. For more information on tickets, sponsorships, or auction items, please call 675-1898. Proceed support Special Olympics athletics in Sheridan and Johnson counties. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. The Civic Theater Guild will enhance the season with a spin on a classic holiday favorite as they present It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play. Performances will be at 7 p.m. on December 7th, 8th, and 9th, and one matinee at 2 p.m. on Sunday, December 10th. And all this is going to take place at the Carriage House. This is located at 419 Delphi on the grounds of the Trail and State Historic Site. I am joined this morning by the director of this production, Ian Cannon-Wallace, the actor playing George Bailey, Ryan Legler, and a Foley artist, that's right, a Foley artist, Kat Mansfield. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Floyd. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, uh, Ian, many people know the classics starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Uh, but for those who may not know the story of It's a Wonderful Life, could you give me a brief summary? So there's a small town in upstate New York. It's called Bedford Falls. It's a fictional place. Um, Frank Capra, who directed the film, spent some time in Seneca Falls to get to know the lay of the land and the culture. And it's set in the 20th century, so it really runs the gamut from the Spanish flu all the way through the Depression and World War II. And it focuses on a small-town hero. His name's George Bailey. And he does he does right by his community. Um, he dedicates his life to making sure that people have affordable housing. And he falls on hard times due to a, a simple mistake that his uncle makes. And it it uh, sends him over the edge. And what's what's neat about the story is that there's a metaphysical element. There's angels watching him. And uh, when he is at, at the end of his rope, um, these angels come down from heaven and, and they intervene. And uh, it's really touching because they take him on a journey that shows him just how much his life is worth. It's a really heartwarming story. I've actually never seen the movie. Oh, really? But I'm I'm aware of it. It's in the zeitgeist, you know. And absolutely, you hear that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, 
And uh, that, that comes from this film. So even if you've never seen it, you may have heard that phrase. It's so much fun to put this together. Um, I've just enjoyed every minute of working with these actors. And what I like, too, is that we are able to just focus on the story and the characters. A radio play is um, a play without blocking. So we don't have a set. We don't have any props. We just stand up to the microphones and act out the scenes as uh, characters in, in the sense that um, Ryan is playing George, and then we've got multiple actors playing different characters. So in the one sense, we're going to dress like we're back in the 40s or 50s, um, but then in another sense, we're just human beings on the stage bringing the story to life with our voices. So I, I enjoy it very much. It's been a fun process. And this is your your kind of your directorial debut, correct? I guess so. Uh, I didn't remember this, but a friend of mine from high school said, I thought you helped direct the high school play. And when I thought back on it when I was in high school, I was like, well, I did convince our high school librarian that we needed a director. But then when I think about it, I'm not sure how much directing <laughs> she did. She was maybe like the warm adult body in the room that we had to right. have to check a box. And, and if I think back on it, I was like, maybe I was helping figure. So I think I've been helping figure out, you know, community theater stuff for a long time. And what's fun, too, is, you know, in community theater, we're, we're doing this just for the passion of the art yeah. and to bring stories to each other. And so everybody steps in with good ideas and, uh, and oftentimes, uh, you know, a civic theater guild production is very collaborative. All the different actors are bringing different thoughts and ideas. And that's much appreciated because you know, we don't get much practice. Like you said, this is, this is my first time, even though I've been doing theater for, um, close to 30 years now at this point. Right. So, uh, it, it's neat to be able to really direct, though, and I think Ryan can speak to this. I'm I'm a picky director, aren't I, Ryan? <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> no, he's not. No, no, Ian's great because he really fosters an environment to where we feel safe to explore and create, and then <clears throat> we end up having to tell a specific story, so Ian's there to sort of be the guardrails to make sure that we're all, you know, going to land at the same place you know as far as the story because as an actor you have a ton of ideas you can say a line million different ways <clears throat> but where are we going what, what what story are we trying to tell and so uh ian gives us those beautiful guardrails gives us a uh a place to land and uh, ryan that delivery process that you were just talking about a million different ways to say a line you yeah. can convey anger uh sadness and say the same exact words, mm -hmm. or or even fury. So, is that kind of uh, the direction that you're talking about that Ian really gives you, where he's like, "Hey, let me hear this sorrow. Let me hear that." And especially as George Bailey, when you reach the end of your rope, so many people out there have hit that end before. Yeah. And so, being able to try and convey that, what does it take inside you? to really sell that to me? Well, the only way to, to, to tell a story, I feel, is to be completely honest. 
And the only way to do that is to um, use my own life experiences and then use empathy um, to uh, really imagine that you're right there in the seat. So we have scenes that start um, when I'm a child, when I'm a young adult, and in the, the present. And so in between those, I have to imagine what did he go through? What were those years like? George is a character where he's full of dreams and full of ambition, and he wants to make a big impact on the world. Um, he wants something big and important is what he wants to do, is one of his lines. And through circumstance, which I think we can all relate to, sometimes you don't get to go, you know, travel the world. Sometimes you have to take care of your family, take care of what's right in front of you. And I feel that, especially in my life, the takes much more courage to do what you have to do than to go out and do what you want to do. That's be- Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and so many of us have done that. Right. Absolutely. I think I was 36 years old before I realized I'm not going to be an astronaut. <laughs> I think that's past. I'm <laughs> still dreaming. <Florida. laughs> You're well, still shooting for the moon, Ian. And I think what George realizes is that um, what is big and important, um, you know, maybe when you're younger, you want to have the most impact, you know, for your life. You want to you want to have the most impact on as many people as you can. But What's really important, um, maybe to the person right next to you, the person that you're taking care of, you're their world. Yeah. You know, and that's no less important. And what what might be more important, taking care of that one person fully or giving a million people a little piece? What's the, the, the starfish story about the old man on the beach walking down, picking up starfish and throwing them into the sea? Yeah. And a little boy says, well, there's so many. What kind of impact will you make? And the old man picked up a starfish, threw it in the sea, and he said, well, I impacted that one. It mattered to that one. It mattered to that one. 100%. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And Ian, why this production to really say, you know what, I'm going to step in to the director's role on this? Well, so uh, for us as the Civic Theater Guild, this is a little bit of an investigation of, one of our deep struggles everybody struggled in different ways in 2020 when the world shut down and for live theater it was an absolute existential crisis and especially as a a completely volunteer completely community oriented organization we were really faced with the conundrum do we even exist if we can't put on live theater. Yeah. And so we started, you know, we're creative and like Ryan mentioned, it's all about imagination. So we started imagining, well, what could we still do to get a story out there? And, and Grace had the good idea of let's look at some radio plays. And so the last time that we put this on was in the winter of 2020 and Grace had found this script. It's actually, uh, a longer edit by the same playwright of the same story. And we put it on and we live streamed it. We couldn't have an audience. I think we very narrowly avoided giving each other COVID um, because it was going through the town right at that time. We spaced the actors out. We mostly rehearsed on Zoom. 
And it was so touching and meaningful to put that show on. I can't remember exactly how many people live streamed us, but we had family and friends from across the country tuning in, of course. And, and then we had people around Sheridan, you know, who were able to engage with the CTG, have a story, feel like they were part of a communal experience, even though it was, you know, isolated and separate. Um, I was involved in that production. I actually played uh, Clarence the Angel, and we had only five actors in that. And so in the show, I, there, there's more than 30 different character parts. And so for five actors, you're playing at least six different characters. Um, what's been fun about this is, uh, A, it's a little bit shortened script, so the runtime is a little quicker. And B we've been able to open it up and I think we've got 10 actors that are on and off the stage back and forth to the mics. And so being able to um, give a lot more people a role has been fun. Um, It lets a few people focus just on those main parts. I've got a couple guys who I've cast as the angels and they're, that's their exclusive part and they're doing just a fabulous job. Um, And then I've got some other, you know, old hands at theater here, uh, Dr. Bateman, uh, my father-in-law, Kim Cannon, they're stepping in and playing some of the uh, multiple roles to bring the whole story together. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a full circle piece for me to say, um, you know, this the Sheridan Civic Theater Guild has been around, oh gosh, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know how many decades, but it's more than 50 years, I think, at this point. And to be able to say we made it. Yeah. A lot of little theater organizations did not make it through the last few years. And, and I'll credit my wife. It was grace who, who was, you know, her determination got us through that. And the ingenuity of putting on shows like this, um, two years ago, then when COVID was still somewhat of a challenge to be able to assuredly get audiences together, we did another play, a Christmas play by the same playwright that was the Christmas Carol. And, um, and so we're batting around the idea of maybe we sort of revisit these two radio plays. So we're hopeful that the, the community will let us know if they like that idea, um, hopefully by you know, voting with their feet and showing up and, and engaging with it. But um, you know, there was such a great tradition for so many years um, with the Christmas Carol at the YO. And since that ended, we've kind of felt as the Civic Theater Guild, does there need to be something? Um, Christmas with the Kendricks is great, and I hope people have a chance to go see that. Um, this is something different. It's a, it's a fiction, and there's something, I think, really profound about going through that experience with those characters. And uh, I hope that people enjoy the radio play format. Cat uh, Mansfield is here too, and they've just done a fabulous job with uh, Foley. So Foley is uh, the name of an early radio sound effects artist, and the whole art form, he was so influential that the whole art form is named after him. And so it's the idea that uh, you've got a scene in this where uh, George and Mary throw rocks at the windows of the old house. Apparently, there's some tradition that if you break an old window, you can make a wish. 
And <laughs> I'll bet a ten-year-old started right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, exactly. and so this is the one I'm bringing up. The one that that Kat and I are like, we still haven't got it figured out, but we're working on it. We're like, we're gonna we'll find figure out something. Yeah, that we'll right <laughs> way to like make that sound of breaking glass. We don't have to break. We don't want to break glass every night, right? So we want to recreate that sound effect somehow. And just the the creation of art live in front of people. I think the radio play format is a fun way for people to really see the ingenuity of the actors in the present moment, right? We're not asking you to suspend disbelief like you're looking into someone's house, you know, like Arsenic and Old Lace, where you're like, I'm going to pretend this is real. Um, There's a level where you're like, we know this isn't real. You know this isn't real. Go on the journey with us anyway. Be part of the imagination. So i got to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to continue with our Civic Theater Guild's director and cast of It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Tis the season to be jolly, and at First Federal Bank and Trust, we're spreading the joy with our merry and bright three-month CD special. Get into the spirit with a fantastic 5.38% annual percentage yield, and here's the best part. There's no minimum deposit required. But that's not all. If you're planning to make a larger investment this holiday season, you can enjoy an even merrier 5.48% APY with just a $250,000 opening deposit. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit us today or go online at efirstfederal.bank, where your holidays are merry and bright. Member FDIC. Did you inherit a home that you don't want? Maybe it's run down. Or in the part of town that you don't like. And dealing with getting it cleaned up and listed is one more thing that you don't need on the plate. Wire Renovation is here to help. No matter the condition or the location, Wire Renovation will take a look and make you a cash offer with minimal bank involvement. WireRenovation.com Bringing the properties back to life. So I offered my neighbor 10 bucks if she'd let me ride her stair lift. Guess what? She took me up on it. Well, the same goes for you and that broke down 404 side by side that you're never going to fix or ride again. You know the one, and it's just one less thing you have to weed eat around. Handles will come out and take a look at it, make you an offer. Then, if you take them up on it, Handles will come out and get that old girl out of your hair. Handles Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Driver on the web at handleservicecenter.com. Are you in the market for a charming slice of Wyoming heaven? Let's talk about 6 Chokecherry Lane in Story, Wyoming. This amazing property features a quaint three-bedroom home. The property is adorned with mature trees, creating a tranquil sanctuary right in your own backyard. So if you're in the market for a unique home, you need to check out 6 Chokecherry Lane in Story. It's a perfect blend of comfort and rustic charm that Story, Wyoming is known for. Call Cade Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Here is another Christmas wish we'll be granting. Every year, our hearts are warmed by the generous spirit of our community. Dear Christmas wish, this is for an amazing mother. She's the hardest working woman I know, and the office could not run without her. She has extensive medical issues over the past few months. Yet even though she is in pain, she still shows up to work with a smile and pushes through for her family. She will be having surgery soon to help, but without insurance or sick time, The holidays will be difficult for her and her two small children. Three weeks is what she will need for recovery, and that will make the holidays extremely difficult. If you'd like to help this woman, please donate to our Christmas wish program in any way. 
Visit sharedamedia.com and click on the Christmas Wish banner. And thank you to this season's community partners, Wyoming Corporate Office, Odell Construction, Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, and A-Line Roofing and Exteriors. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Civic Theater Guild has put a spin on a classic holiday favorite as they present It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play. Performances will be at 7 p.m. December 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's going to have one matinee at 2 p.m. on Sunday, December 10th. And all of this is taking place at the Carriage House Theater, located at 419 Delphi. And this is on the grounds of the Trail End State Historic Site. This morning, we are speaking with the director of this production, Ian Kennan Wallace, the actor playing George Bailey, Ryan Legler, and Foley artist Kate Cat, Cat Mansfield. Now, Cat, did you have to audition to be Foley? No, actually, I've never done Foley before. I just, I've done stage tech for a couple of years. So I'm always, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to get myself into more productions. I go offer, hey, do you need a hand with something? Can I help with this? Can I help with that? And in this case, they happen to need a Foley artist. So now I'm learning how to do Foley. (laughs) Did you do a lot of studying beforehand? I did some research when I knew that when I was told to do Foley, I was like, okay, I'll go see what I can find. So it's a lot of the research I've done so far has mostly been watching YouTube tutorials of other people doing Foley. We call that YouTube University around here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's how we learn. (laughs) It absolutely is. It's a wonderful resource. Now, you've brought some Foley items with you. We've queued up a mic. We're hoping that this works. Uh, This studio isn't exactly set for Foley, but I want to give this a shot. Tell me what I'm going to hear and then produce it for me. All right. Let's, Let's start with something small. There's a scene where... George and Mary are talking, and they're outside at night. There's crickets. That's pretty good. I like that. And, and folks, that's a comb. Yeah, this is just a little plastic fine-tooth comb. What else we got? We've got... Let me see if I can find another interesting one. Just a second to move these. We've got some garbage cans there. Cats in the alley. Yes. I like it. (laughs) That's the sound you make when you um, fall into uh, some trash cans while intoxicated. (laughs) That's that's after the Christmas party, right? Yes. Cats cats get hurt. Drunken stumbling after the Christmas party (laughs) into the trash cans. Yeah. No cats were harmed in the making of this film. (laughs) All right. Next sound. So this one is one that is some sort of actual noise-making device as opposed to things like combs and brushes where we're just making more noise with them. Car horn. Car horn. And to go with it, I don't, don't know if the mic will pick this up. Car door. Car door. With garbage cans in the background. <laughs> you get the idea. All it is is it, it's the largest old suitcase that we could find upstairs in the prop prop shop at the carriage house so mm. we we tried a bunch of different suitcases yeah. didn't we cat we tried an old trunk different suitcases and we finally settled on this one it has the most car door sound that we could come up with 
Now, Kat, how many Foley artists are working with you on this production? It's just me. Really? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going this solo. That's amazing. That's, yep. Are you running around the stage uh, like a mad woman, or, or are you pretty focused on one mic? More or less. We've got, I love how the Carriage House stage is set up because it's such an interesting shape. It's got this really interesting little, like, side stage on the left. So all of my Foley stuff is set up over there. But I've got, like, the door over here and the car door over here and, like, left and right. And I've got stuff behind me. So it's very condensed. But it's also a lot of, like, shuffling around and going from here and there and hither and thither. And With all the actors, they're going to be coming and going uh, on the mic. You're set right there for the entire production. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to say, you know, Foley is one of those amazing things that people don't even really notice unless it's not done well right like, well yeah mm-hmm. so hopefully hopefully it all fits in quite seamlessly oh, I, think, I, I i didn't mean I to impose Kat's, it it won't i think cat will do a great <laughs> job yeah she they're doing a great job and i think that uh part of the fun of coming to this live radio play for people in the audience is going to be noticing that they don't notice and then realizing that these things are being created live right in front of them. So hopefully I think those things are going to just mesh in an, in an artful way that uh, brings people into the story. I think so. They're going to realize they're not even realizing the doors are opening and closing for people coming in and out of the room. That's right. And, yeah. and it's like one of those things like uh, Ryan was talking about with the delivery of a line where I'm going to feel the pain. And then Kat is going to do some things off in the background that I'm going to be watching, right? Because this is going to be a live mm-hmm. performance. And so it's going to be amazing to see that process. And I think uh, you're going to end up being more of the star of the show than you realize. <laughs> Just because people don't get to experience that very often. I agree. You know, yeah. the people don't get to witness such a, a cool thing like Foley. And and I'm one of those guys. If if the DVD comes with a behind the scenes, mm-hmm. I'm watching that. You know, oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I did not know that that wasn't real horse hooves. It's two coconuts on <laughs> yeah. sand. Yeah. You know, right. you're like you're just amazed by it. Uh, Star Wars. And my dad used to have this uh, old line that went up and down one of the power poles, and he used to yell at me when I was a little boy to stay away from it. But I was always taking a rock and going out there and hitting that thing. And I didn't, because I liked the sound. It mm-hmm. gave this really unusual sound. It wasn't until years later I realized that's how they made the lasers on Star Wars. A guy found that, and he tapped that, and it was a unique sound. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to have these things happening, and people are going to be going, it's a suitcase. I can't yeah, believe it. Yeah. It's yeah. a suitcase. <laughs> well, and I, I just think it's great. Yeah, and that's what I, I've always been super interested in, um, and I've looked up exactly, for lack of a better term, how the sausage is made. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's just so what I love about this show is it gives the audience a chance to see uh, storytellers telling a story. Um, so it's like we've got two characters. Yes, I've got I'm George Bailey, but primarily I am the actor who's voicing George Bailey. That's interesting. And That's so great. Yeah. The audience will be like, how does this normal guy quote unquote, you know, get to those points, you know, what's his body language like, you know, and for me doing this, um, this voice part, you know, um, I was surprised on how much physicality I have to bring it. I'm sure you guys know that 
you can tell when you somebody's gotta smiling. Your mouth much more than uh, people realize. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People can tell if you're smiling when you when you're speaking. So all of those emotional notes that I have to hit, my body actually um, has to be able to produce that, and so my posture has to change. I have to sometimes I will um, have to basically have to show the audience what physically I have to go through to get to that emotional point. You know? That's fantastic, Ryan, and I love that you pointed that out because it is a very unique part of this production specifically. Mm-hmm. You get a peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. You get to see what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I saw you in a production we were talking about earlier where it was very physical for you. Yeah. Uh, but by the time I'd see you, you looked exhausted. I didn't know what you were doing backstage to make that exhausted look. But I'm like, man, I'll bet that guy did 50 jumping jacks back there to come out and do that. Yeah, sometimes you do. Um, and in, in, in typical rehearsal processes, you know, we, we will stop and start. And sometimes those scenes are very intense. And so uh, my process is I have to find a way to get myself into that emotional state. Basically, my body is like an instrument, like the horn, right? And so if I need to make a saxophone sound, I need to be able to contort my body to be able to make the sound that I'm going for. And next scene, I have to be a trumpet. And next scene, I have to be a drum, you know? And um, usually when you're around your other fellow actors, that you, you'll have that grace, and so you might not feel self-conscious or whatever. And like, oh, he's just getting into character. Um, but now we're doing it and, and kind of showing that, you know. And so that's going to be an interesting process for me because I don't know how am I going to present Presenting. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's what I'm discovering. That's fascinating. I want I, I, I got to let you go. I've run out of time, but I want to thank you guys for taking the time out of, to come in here and speak with me. Thank you Kat, so much, Floyd. I'm curious. Uh, just real quick, are you going to continue with Foley? I might. Yeah. I'm finding it really fun so far, and I'm excited to do more radio plays in the future. I think this would be fantastic if you guys did this, and uh, kind of like what Ian was saying, if you made this your, a tradition out there at the Civic Theater Guild, if anything, just to be able to remember we made it through when so many others did not. You know, like like an honored tradition. So thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me today. When we come back, I'm going to speak with one of Sheridan's most successful and loved bands, The Two Tracks. Stick around. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Lanyap Ministries and Grace Anglican Church will be receiving these funds for random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. A leader in sports medicine, Sheridan Orthopedic Associates is thrilled to announce their new highly skilled and fellowship trained podiatrist, Dr. Daniel Peterson, DPM. Dr. Peterson specializes in advanced foot and ankle reconstruction and has successfully performed thousands of procedures. 
He'll be seeing patients in January so you can get back to doing the things you love pain-free. Schedule your appointment at SheridanOrtho.com. Discover the difference with Sheridan Orthopedics. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Rap Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Hi, this is Dan Marshall with Captain Clean, and I'm proud to be a part of Wyoming's premier cleaning company. Whether we are extracting flood water from your home, cleaning a valued oriental rug, or helping you breathe healthier by air washing your ductwork, we are committed to ensuring our service is the best and our prices fit your budget. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726, or stop by anytime and tour our rug cleaning facility located in the heart of downtown Sheridan. We clean more for you. Wyoming is Congresswoman Harriet Hageman. What a beautiful year in Wyoming. I don't think I have ever seen it so green for so long and with such an abundance of grass and vegetation. We are truly blessed. Our office is here to help with all interactions with the federal government. If you are having trouble with the IRS or VA, need help obtaining a passport, or have questions regarding other agency action, Please don't hesitate to contact our office in Cheyenne at 829-3299 or the Casper office at 261-6595. I hope to see you soon. And for a schedule of our events, please visit hegeman.house.gov. While you are there, please sign up for our weekly newsletter to stay informed about the votes and issues that are important to Wyoming. I'm praying for you and your family, and we look forward to hearing from you. Paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part, I am joined by the two-track singer-songwriter, Dave Hubner. Am I saying that right, sir? That is correct. Now, uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. You guys have been around forever. Uh, I've been covering you guys for years but you and i've never sat down and spoken yeah it's good to be in here it's good to meet you and and how long has the two tracks been together here locally so julie and fred started the two tracks probably i think it was like 2013 somewhere in there 2014 Wow, so even by yeah. the time I think I got up here in 2017, you guys were pretty established. Yeah, they were playing, uh, you know, pretty regular local gigs, weekly gigs, that kind of stuff, and uh, working on working on original songs. Julie was, had a bunch of her originals that, you know, she had in the bag, and that's, like, I met her at a music festival, um, the Bighorn Mountain Festival down in Buffalo, and uh, she was like, oh, maybe I can get some uh, cello on my... Um, maybe I can get some cello on this first album, you know? And so that was kind of the initial conversation. And so that first album just has all of Julie's songs and that's kind of where the band started. Now there's four members. Yeah. Can you tell us who they are? So there's Julie Hubner, uh, who was kind of the, the ringleader, you know, started the whole group and uh singer songwriter. And, uh, and then there's me and there's uh, Fernando Cerna on drums and Taylor Phillips on bass. He's an amazing drummer. 
uh, I, I got an opportunity to take a couple of photos of him during, I think it was the Bighorn Mountain Music Festival. And uh, loved featuring that because the energy was absolutely amazing. Now, what were the first few years like? Well, um, you know, I can speak to my experience with the band. You know, I joined them in the studio recording the first album. And uh, everybody just got along great. Um, Fred and Julie had a really good rapport in terms of you know, working out like what the rhythm should be for a song or making little changes even right then and there in the studio. And, uh, I just liked, really liked the vibe of everybody and yeah, loved how solid Fred was on the, you know, the groove. Cause sometimes, I don't know, sometimes as a front person in a band, you know, you might start playing a song and then feel like you're getting either pushed or pulled or, you know, dragged down or, you know, it's like, and with the two tracks, it's always, Fred always keeps us right in the pocket, so yeah. it's pretty fun to play with it. Now, when you joined, you said that you guys were in the studio. She just kind of wanted some cello in there. Yeah. When was the official, Dave? You're part <laughs> of it. You're you're one of the tracks. Um, it was during that process in the studio for sure. Like they, yeah, we, you know, started with, oh, come up here and maybe you can. I mean, I do video and photography too, you know, maybe you can document the process and you can play some cello on some songs. And next thing you know, I was singing harmony on a bunch of the songs and there was more cello on several songs. And, and, uh, and so after that, it was like, okay, I think, uh, yeah, can you move to Sheridan and be a part of the <laughs> band? And, and then Julie was like, and do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, so. Where were you living beforehand? Um, I was in Laramie. Oh, yeah. wow. You were way south. Yep. Um, and and what were you doing down there? Um, I had moved there with a previous uh, girlfriend who was working at UW. And so playing music down there. When did well. music capture Dave? Uh, well, I started playing cello at seven. And so my dad, you know, I had private lessons and, and my brother's a professional classical musician. So there was a lot of music in the family. My dad was a piano teacher. Um, so it's been with me my whole life. I mean, in one form or another. So I started, I did my first tour, like playing Americana stuff and original music and everything, uh, back in 2010. So been doing this sort of thing for quite a while. How many bands were you in before you found the two tracks? Uh, let's see. I had a, I had one back in California. Um, I had a couple there actually. Old Coyote Moon was my first band, and then Sweetwater String Band, and uh, The Littlest Birds. So that'd be three, and then yeah, the two tracks. Why the cello? Um, I think it was because my it was my dad's favorite instrument, even though he's a piano teacher. Um. And so he started me on piano and then I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore, dad. He's like, okay, here, here's the cello. And, uh, I've always loved it. I did put it down for, um, probably almost 10 years and was a ski bum and climbing bum and stuff in the mountains of California and just didn't think the cello had any play. I wasn't going to be writing songs at the time. I wasn't into that kind of stuff yet. And, uh, so then kind of started learning how to play guitar and the, the songwriting bug kind of like got me. And so then I started writing songs and playing guitar and just thought, Oh, well that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and then some friends convinced me to get the cello back out and use the skills that I had from all these years of classical music. And, uh, and then that, when that finally clicked, then I think I knew that for sure, this is like something that I wanted to be a big part of my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was like, I, this is an instrument I know really well. And all of a sudden the light went on like, wow, I can play it in Americana or rock and roll or blues. Like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and right about then, I would guess if I kind of reach back in my mind, the resurgence of like mountain music uh, was really kind of coming to the surface again, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, bluegrass kind of joined. Oh, we've fallen off. Uh, hey, there it is. There we go. We're back. Bluegrass uh, kind of hit the mainstream a little bit more. You know, um, I think uh, a lot of people bring up the movie "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," um, but I mean, it's always been around. But it just it kind of hit more mainstream Americana. You know, people started tuning into that stuff more, and I think that also influenced um, what was going on in the country music world and the Americana music world. And now it's just this melting pot of amazing influences and with the two tracks you guys have been extremely successful uh as far as like local bands go I, this has taken you guys all over the nation and even out of the nation yeah that was a interesting opportunity <laughs> tell me about dubai so we yeah we got asked to go over there and perform for the world expo and uh you know it felt pretty surreal you know um when it all came down to it and we had the plane tickets in hand and we were at the airport, it was like, okay, this is actually happening, you know? And, uh, we got there and, you know, the world expo for those that don't know, cause I didn't know before going there, it's a, it's kind of like the world's fair basically, you know, these days. And so there's big buildings, pavilions that each like these hundred and some odd countries built one for each one of their countries. You know, they built their own pavilion to show you what their country is about. So the U S had one, Japan, I mean, all these countries and it was really amazing. And there was hundreds of thousands of people there every single day. Wow. Just milling around going from building to building to building. You get to eat food from each country that you visit or drink their beverages or whatever it is, you know, that they have. And, uh, it was just an awesome experience. And so we were playing at the U S pavilion, which of course was serving Budweiser burgers and hot dogs, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, uh, so people would come out of the U S pavilion and circle around the stage as we were playing. And then a lot of them would sit down in like the little cafe area there and it was all outside. And, uh, you know, this was still like coming out of the COVID thing too. So we were being tested every day and, um, we were just hoping we weren't going to get stuck there, you know, Yeah. but it, we, you know, everybody was wearing masks and it was really like safe, you know, but it was a little, it was an interesting adventure for sure at that time. How, how did, uh, individuals like, if, you know, from all over the world really react to just the good old mountain music bluegrass of, uh, Wyoming there in Dubai? Yeah. I mean, people seem to really like it. People were, uh, I, I think a few people commented like, you know, you guys, this was a good choice cause you really have of all the bands that we've had and different artists over the course of the six months, I think that the expo was going on. Um, you know, you really had an Americana sound and, and unlike some of the other bands that they had had, we were playing our own music, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. they had some other groups that were there at the same time that we interacted with that were I think exclusively playing their versions of other people's songs, you know, cover songs. And so people got a chance to like, wow, this is your music. Okay, cool. And, you know, having a band from the West, you know, a true Western act in the middle of the Dubai desert was pretty, I think pretty unique. 
And, and I'll bet something that they didn't expect to come across. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, people had fun. I mean, we had one really great, uh, we played like six times or something over the course of a few days. And one of the evenings there was a um, sort of a private party for everybody that had been involved in putting on all the events and the expo, the U.S. pavilion part of it. And, uh, and they were just like, they were all telling us, this was our favorite night of the whole time. And, you know, it was just a fun gathering. I think they really, you know, the reaction went well. <laughs> Dave, I've been to a couple of your guys' performances, and, you know, you guys are up there smiling. Is it the energy of the crowd? Like, when you see those people jump up and start dancing oh, yeah. to your music, it, I mean, is that really the big payoff? Yeah, I mean, the the crowd gives, sends it back at you, you know? It's like when you feel that energy coming back, it just makes the show it's like a positive uh, feedback loop, but a good one, you know. <laughs> and and for folks that don't know what I'm talking about, we were we were outside, and uh, it was at the fairgrounds. You guys were playing, and there were folks that were sitting watching, and they couldn't just control themselves anymore. They jumped up, started dancing in the aisle, and it yeah. was, for me that would be like there it is. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm hoping for and yeah. shooting for. When people start moving, it just makes you know makes it all better or or even just sometimes you can feel it in when you say just a little in between song kind of banter and you hear the laughter you know ripple through the crowd like they got it and they you know then you know like it just feeds the whole thing it makes it that much more fun and it makes you play better i mean it just makes the show better yeah because you're getting that energy yeah and it just keeps feeding like a feedback loop. yeah now you guys have released your fourth album this year titled yeah. it's a complicated life uh, you and your wife together write a lot of songs on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Where, w- w- tell me about the title. So we got the actual title from the artwork that's on the cover, which is by local uh, artist David McDougall out in Dayton at the uh, Painted Skull Studios. And um, we were looking at one of his paintings, and it's a very intricate, you know, colorful, you know, crazy thing to look at, right? There's a lot going on, and... Uh, we were really enjoying it, and he, you know, kind of offered up, if, if you guys ever need artwork for one of your albums, you know, I'd, I'd donate to it, you know, the cause, just use use my artwork. And uh, we're like, well, what's this one called? You know, we really like this one. And he's like, well, it's called It's a Complicated Life. And it was just perfect for the songs that are on the album because there's a, it's just a good mix of, like, life stories, historical stories, nature stories you know and some of them are you know harder stories like uh julie has a song about divorce i have a song about you know my mom passing away you know and those get balanced out with these other narratives in there and i think it just it just clicked it seemed like well this is serendipitous you know this is what the album should be called almost like everything fell right into place yeah exactly where can folks pick this up so we have um some of our albums are actually out uh, locally. They're at the Anominate Coffee House in Ranchester. Um, they're kind enough to sell our records for us. And uh, and then we'll have them at the YO this Friday um, at our show. And then we have a website, thetwotracks.com, and you can order everything off of there. And, of course, we're on all the streaming services, but we don't make any money off that. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think anybody does anymore, no. do they? No. You guys are also going to be putting on a show yeah. uh, Friday. This Friday, yeah, we're playing at the Wild Theater with uh, our friend Sarah Sample, who's also an award-winning songwriter who lives here in Sheridan, and uh, 
Really looking forward to it. We love playing at the Wild. Now, how can folks get tickets for that? Just so. Wildtheater.com or call the box office at the Wild Theater. And I don't want to get too personal, but <laughs> when, when you and Julie got together, what's that process like? Uh, you know, because you hear about legendary bands being torn apart by relationships, and I'm not right. saying that's what's going on, but that you guys sit down and you're like, I think this will work. Yeah, I mean, it. Julie had, I think, always wanted to, you know, meet a musician that she could play, you know, perform with, travel with, um, that kind of thing. I've always, you know, that's been a part of my life for a while in various forms. And, um, yeah, I mean, it has its ups and downs. You know, you spend a lot of time together in on the road and doing different things and, and different logistics. And, you know, you got to, you kind of get used to that, like, live and let live a few, let a few things slide, you know, and, and, um, but it's wonderful to be able to share that time with your partner rather than leave your partner at home and go out on the road on your own, you know? So I think we're really lucky that, uh, we get along and we can, you know, write and sing these songs together. And really as the band, I mean, Fernando and Taylor are awesome people to travel with and we've just really settled into a, a awesome band family. A bit, of, a bit of a, a, a comfortable, acceptable routine. Yeah, yeah uh, we've got it pretty. Like we're all pretty happy with where things are, which I think is a is a true rarity in the band world. You know, and I don't have much time left. But the the songwriting process is it kind of um, sporadic, where it's like, okay, I wrote this line. She steps in. She's like, oh, that looks great. I'm gonna add this one. We tend to write our own songs, and then we help each other edit when they're basically, you know, like complete, like we kind of let each other sort of work them, work them for a while, work them out until they're pretty much done. And then, then we kind of give feedback on, yeah, that line's a little off there or that sounds a little funny or maybe tighten that up or, you know, add a different example here or, you know, we just kind of help each other edit what we do. Bump off each other. Yeah. Dave, thank you so much for coming in today, yeah, my thanks friend. For it was having an me, absolute Phil. pleasure. This was fantastic to be able to sit down and finally yeah. talk to you guys. I've been watching you for years and seeing thanks, you man. out there in the crowds and yeah. I finally get to meet you. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, folks, you can see the two tracks this Friday at the Wild Theater beginning at 7 p.m. with Sarah Sample. Go get those tickets. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. The team at First Federal Bank and Trust is once again partnered with Shared Media for our annual Christmas Wish Campaign, a campaign to help people who've fallen on temporary hard times. Our team at First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to helping individuals and families in our community who need a helping hand up. Our commitment has been and continues to be our community. In years past, the Christmas Wish program has provided gift certificates for groceries, gifts for children, and paying bills. I invite you to join the First Federal Bank and Trust team in supporting the Christmas Wish Campaign. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. Download the McDonald's app, join My McDonald's Rewards to get your free large fries with a $1 minimum purchase. Plus, when you join My McDonald's Rewards, you start earning points on every eligible order. Points you can put towards more free food. Just order, relax, and enjoy. Go to the Google Play or Apple App Store, download the McDonald's mobile app, and start saving 
Download it now. Wrap it in red this year with the Ace Hardware Connect Home Center Holiday Sale Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. The flyer is overflowing with special offers and incentives on gifts for everyone, from the cook to the handyman and hobbyist on your list. See special offers on grills, grilling accessories, power tools, and electric and gas snow and lawn care equipment. Special discounts for Ace Rewards members, too. Look for the flyer and shop your local Ace Hardware and Connect Home Center in Sheridan. Shopping for the outdoor enthusiasts in your life? You'll find exactly what you need in the Sportsman's Warehouse Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Hunting, shooting, fishing, camping, boating, outdoor cooking, yep, it's all in there. And watch for mega deals on select items in each category. Need stocking stuffers? Browse the flyer for discounts in clothing, accessories, and footwear, too. Grab their flyer in this week's Country Bounty and then head to Sportsman's Warehouse open seven days a week on Burnage Lane in Sheridan. Just in time for your holiday dinners, the Health Nut announces that they have organic and natural turkeys, Beeler's spiral-cut hams, gluten-free and regular stuffing, fresh organic cranberries, organic yams and potatoes, gluten-free and regular gravy, gluten-free and regular dinner rolls, gluten-free and regular homemade pies, dairy-free and regular whipped topping. Order your Thanksgiving pies early. Pick them up to ensure they are fresh. The Health Nut, for healthy holiday dinners. Facing one's own mortality can be very challenging. At the time of a loss, emotions run very high and decisions can be very hard to make. This is Carrie Kimmel with Sheridan Funeral Home and I have been helping families plan ahead for this difficult time for 10 years. I would be honored to help you through every step of the planning process. Visit SheridanFuneral.com or 307-683-9200, Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremations compassionate service for the Sheridan community. News Talk 930, now on 103.9 FM. News Talk 930. 